My name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 112 of Horror Business. Horror Business. And this, uh, two weeks late, or whatever, what, what day yeah, it is. Yeah, no, that's Ah, fuck fine. it. Time, like money, is fake. Um, this is our best of 2021 episode. So. Yo, like, y- y'all... I looked it up. Last year, we didn't do our best of 2020 episode until February, so I think we're doing We're ahead of the good. curve. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be, we're going to be talking about some things we liked in 2021. I don't want to talk about what I didn't like about 2021, because that's negative. It's a new year, new me. And I even, we always say best of. It's really, this is just some of our favorites. They're the ones that yeah. have stuck out to us that we think is worth bringing to you and, and suggesting you watch. There's even one that I'm going to say is an honorable mention that maybe I could have put on my list, but I thought I'd rather focus on the list. That There's mostly things on the list that like haven't really been talked about as much because I want to I wanna lift them up to the yes. community. I'm going to lift them and- up. I'm going to I'm going to throw some honorable mentions as well up on Instagram later, but this is for our top 10. Yes, sir. But there are going to be two for aesthetic purposes cuz when I screen cap on fucking letterbox, it goes 4 by 4 and that's it's so there's going to be I'm going to I'm going to name two honorable mentions at the top before we go on. I mean, but you get what I'm saying. God damn it. <sighs> It's been a rough week. It's been, it's been a rough couple weeks. We we both we both y'all have not had the best of times. So please Liam, be patient with this. Episode. Liam has a prosthetic hand now. I am the Bionic Man. Liam is the Bionic. They made him. They made. They built him back better, stronger, and faster. <laughs> so far, really, I just can't close my hand. But I couldn't really close my hand pre the surgery. So there you go. Hey, it's better than not being able to close your eyes. Am That's I right? Fair. Yeah. So if I were to like if if I were to physically attack you, you couldn't strike me with a closed fist. Uh, not with my left hand. I could with my right though. So watch out. That's the real uh, widowmaker. I, I don't know. Good point. Very good point. All right. Before we go any further, and we talk about Liam's inability to commit his crimes anymore with his left hand, <laughs> uh, we should talk to you about who this episode is. What the fuck did I just have a miniature stroke? We should talk to you. Who this episode is brought to you by, and sure. that purse that that who is you? Our Patreon subscribers. We do this for free. Our business will always be free. Um, we don't make any money off this. And again, like I've said numerous times, I I abhor I abhor profit and capital. It's disgusting. Makes me sick. But there are costs with running a podcast network. And you guys help us offset those costs, and we are so tr- profoundly grateful. Um, so yeah, if you want to uh, throw some money our way and become a patron of the arts for the Cinepunks Podcast Family Network, <coughs> excuse me, I just <clears throat> I just uh, just infected my dog with with COVID. I don't have COVID. It's a joke. It's a stupid joke. I've tested positive in the past. Or, God damn it, I've tested negative thrice in the past, like, three weeks. Um, 
If you would like to become a subscriber, a patron, you can head to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. This episode is also brought to you by our good friends, our great friends over at mm. We Have Valley Apparel Creations. Mm. Now, now, now. Sure. If I wanted to get a shirt made that said, Ted Cruz is a spineless, bootlicking piece of shit and his wife hates him and his children hate him and the country as a whole hates him, where would you suggest I go to get that shirt made? Uh, I'd suggest you go to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, our friends over at xlvacx.com, so that you can get the most personable but also professional service available. Yes, you can go there and get a quality product at an unreasonably good price because Chris Reject is obsessed with doing things right. Because Chris Reject is a good person. He is an amazing human being, and I love him very much. Mm. I concur. This is the most positive we've been about Chris Reject on this show ever. Uh, but I do love Chris a lot. This is the most positive I've ever been about him in my entire life ever. Like, at all. It's, 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 I've never said a good thing about him until right now. <laughs> oh, I, I, I say good things about him all the time, but I also, don't know how I feel about it. I'm honestly, I, I don't. I have like a feeling in my stomach right now that I'm. I got like it's like roiling around in there that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's like the first. It's like the first time I watched "Call Me by Your Name" when 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 Army Hammer eats the peach, and you're like, I got a lot of feelings about that. I'm not yeah. to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, it feels even worse now that we know Army Hammer uh, told all of his lady friends he wanted to eat them. That also is weird. But, uh, you know, it I've is what probably it is. said worse. I've, <laughs> I've, I've probably consensually said worse things to women with their consent. But, you know, I'm just a man. Anyway, <laughs> XLVACX.com. Chris Reject will not eat you. Nope. He won't, actually. He's very committed to not eating meat. So unless you're a vegetable person, shout out to all of our vegetable listeners. Yes. Uh, Chris X will not eat you. Uh, we also want to Chris X. Chris X. Ooh, ooh, Chris reject. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Chris Striegel. My bad. All right, who else do we have to thank? Uh, our friends over at Essex Coffee Roasters, uh, you know, Aaron Dahlbeck, you know him, you love him, you love his music, you should also love his coffee. He makes excellent coffee. Uh, it's the coffee that I drink most often here in this house. Uh, if you head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, not only are you going to get uh, high quality beans, you're going to get them roasted to order. So your order will be as fresh as possible. Uh, and if on your way out of ordering, uh, you know, coffee, herbal tea, Merch of any kind, you put in the code C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you're going to get 10% off your order. So head on over, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, support a great guy, great business, uh, and really get the, the high-quality coffee you deserve. You fucking owe him anyway. You owe him. I don't even like Bane and I owe, owe Aaron just because just he's the best. I don't. I'm not a big Bane head. Sorry. This, this is a pro-Bane podcast. I just want to make that official right now. Not – hold on. It doesn't make me anti-Bane. It's pro-Bane contest. Contest? Podcast. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to the homie Greg Chrisman. He's a friend of the podcast. Uh, he did a little, like, design work for us recently. I don't know what we're going to do with these designs. I'm still kicking them around. But I put him on the Instagram. Uh, he's a graphic designer. Um 
I've known we Greg could, for. We could get them made into like stickers. We could yeah. switch to them for the podcast if you want. Like, there's lots of stuff we can do with logos. Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of shit. Um, yeah, Greg's just like an old friend. I I guess you could. I, I he's like one of those guys. Like, I didn't grow up with them, but I've been friends with them for like coming up on like 20 years now so it's like sure yeah whatever you know so thank you greg i really appreciate it i love you uh i'm gonna come visit you soon um they all look very good and people should look do you remember what his website is i totally forget what it is oh my god no i'll put it i'll throw it up on the on yeah, twitter and, it, yeah we'll put it in the show notes yes uh, yes yes uh please go check out his stuff i'm sure he would like to design something cool for you yeah, he does great work. I know this because I went to college with him and I saw a lot of his work. So um, now comes the time in the show where I ask Liam, as we walk through the ruins of Times Square and the corpses of those who are out after midnight are strewn around us, but Liam and I are fortunate enough to know that what matters is what side of the locked door you're on when the clock strikes midnight. And we were on the right side of the locked door. They were not. So as Liam and I walk through the ruins of Times Square, the bodies scattered everywhere, champagne glasses smacked right on the ground, stupid fucking sunglasses in the shape of a 2022, broken in half everywhere, Ryan Seacrest scattered across the fucking streets, I look at Liam through the haze of human misery and I say, Liam, what have you done involving Har recently? What have you watched? What have you consumed? Basically nothing, uh, because all I've been doing is watching movies preparing for this episode. So uh, the idea that I would watch Good anything choice. outside of preparing for this episode didn't even occur to me. I guess the I guess the one thing I will mention is um, – I found uh, a collection of the complete uh, Sir Edward Gray. Uh, uh, for people who don't know, that's uh, one of the spinoff characters from Hellboy. Uh, and they've put out a number of short stories and comics with, uh, featuring Sir Edward Gray uh, as the Queen's uh, witch, witch finder general or witch hunter general or whatever the fuck. Uh, there's a hardcover collection that was at my local library of all places. So I'm super stoked to read oh, that. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's as far as horror, one of the things. And then it's, it's not really horror, but I'd say it's horror adjacent. I just finished that show, uh, arcane, which is weirdly based off a video game, but from, you know, I don't play video games, so I, you don't need to know about the video game to appreciate the show, but it's very, uh, very uh, alternative world, fantasy, but also kind of sci-fi. In fact, when I looked up the history of the game and I saw that the game, the first version of the game came out in 2008, I was like, that makes sense because the show has a bit of like a steampunky vibe to it, you know? Um, and so like yeah, watch, yeah. watching it, I was like, like this one guy, he's like, a, he's like a scientist, right? But his big scientific breakthrough is maybe we can use machines to manipulate magic. Wouldn't that be cool? And so like, that's his big scientific breakthrough. And then as a scientist, most of what he does is like weld stuff. Like he's supposed to be a nerdy scientist, but he's actually big and ripped because he like swings a hammer and makes stuff out of metal. And I'm like, this is so fucking steampunk, <laughs> <laughs> but it like not in an embarrassing way. Dope. And the other thing the show does that I think is really good, and I've said this for a long time, if you are inviting people into a world that's super weird and has a lot of backstory, but you don't want to burden them with backstory, uh, just don't. Like, by focusing on the characters, you just sort of pick up over time, like, oh, not all these characters are human. 
Okay, I get it. They're not all human. That's it. We don't need the history of the bat people or the fucking why some people are furry or, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, you don't need any of that to get like who the characters are or care about the story. You know what I mean? And, and you do eventually get some backstory on some things. Yeah. But there's still stuff that I don't fucking get. I'm sure if I played the video game, I would know. But like, there's still aspects of the show that I don't fully understand, but I didn't need to to understand the story. So, like, you know, I've always said you only need to explain the parts that help the narrative. You don't have to explain the whole world. And uh, this show does that. There's still stuff that they're like, yeah, and then this happens. I don't fucking get it. I don't know why that happened, but I, I went with it. It wasn't it, it didn't feel out of place. It, it worked with the narrative. So I followed the, the narrative and I just really appreciate that. So I recommend that. Other than that, like I said, I've actually watched a ton of horror movies in the last few days, but I'm going to be talking about them all in the episode proper. Um, I got the, with, with one of my gift cards for, for Christmas, I got the, I just picked up the very last, uh, volume nine, American Vampire 1976. Sure. I haven't read it yet. Cause I want to read through the whole series and just round it out. But God damn, I forgot how much I fucking love that comic. The, the, the artwork is so like the, the vampire design in that is so like, it's, it's kind of like orthodox at this point. Sure. It's not like radically weird. It's not like very, it's not like Del Torian with the fucking weird jaws that swing out. But like, there's just something about like the, the, the wide snake bite mouths that just fucking send chills up my spine. Um, so that's just been a blast rereading. Uh, I don't know if this is hard or not, but I finished, I mean, it finished on its own. Uh, Dexter, New Blood, that wrapped up. Very, very, very heartbroken over the ending of that. Very, <laughs> very, uh, just kind of like drove home very sad, you know, in a good way. You know, I know a lot of people like weren't nuts about the finale, but like, I don't know. I kind of, um, I kind of thought it was really good and it, it, it was very poignant, as they say. Sure. And, um, what else have I done involving hard? I'm trying to think if I've, I mean, life has been a horror show for me recently, so that yeah. is just whatever. I mean, we have a um, lot to talk about on the episode, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll just take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to jump into our top 10 of 2021. Liam, are you okay with your robot hand? Is that like is that malfunctioning yet? No, all the servos are functioning properly. Okay, okay, good, good. Good, I'm glad, okay. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. To the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape More loose and fangs The picking up bones Spirits moaning Among the tombstones And at night When the moon is 
talk about our favorite films of the year 2021 Año Domingue is it Año Domingue Domingue is that what it means the year of our lord I have no idea okay so before we go any further I just want to say two honorable mentions right now off out of the gate these did not make my top 10 but I enjoyed them very much a little film you can watch on Netflix called Blood Red Sky. Sure. And then a little film you can watch on Shudder, I think, called Psycho Gorman. Oh, sure. Yeah, what uh, I want to say that, uh, and, and I'll talk more about this in a sec, but some of the timing things were kind of off for me. So I think I actually saw Psycho Gorman last year at like a fest. You know okay. what I mean? So, yeah. so I, so I think when it, when people when I saw it on people's list, I was like, "Oh, is that the?" I, I don't know. I kind of got off on when I saw that film. Like, well, what it's time same, it was. It's it's the same thing with like with 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 film festivals. Like, I see people like I've seen a lot of people rightfully losing their shit over films like uh, "Come True" and "My Heart Can't Beat" unless until, unless you tell it to tell it to. And I'm like, why are they doing that? That movie came out last year. And I'm like, oh no, it's just widely released. I, I'm an asshole who go who does film festivals and that's why i saw it and counted it on my list for 2020 but um yeah no i that's in fact that's worth let me let me talk about that a little bit i have a few like that that are like i'm counting as honorable mentions well first off yeah like i on my list last year was uh my heart can't beat unless you tell it to if if i had not seen it last year it would be in my top 10 for this year for sure um, and I, and I get that that's off. A lot of people put it on their list for this year. Uh, in the same sense, I'm actually, uh, for, for both timing reasons, but then also, um, uh, genre reasons. Uh, I, I only just saw come true like the other day, but I still think it, I don't know if it technically counts for this year or not. Hmm. 
I'll have to think about it. if if come true counts for this year instead of last year, then it's definitely on my list because I really liked it. But I didn't see it last year when you saw it and other people I knew saw it. Um, but two other movies I saw: uh, Strawberry Mansion and The Infinite Two Minutes. Um, are both timing. Neither one has been officially released yet, so I don't know if I should put it on my list. But then also genre. I saw both of them at Horror Fest, but I don't think that they're technically horror movies. So I definitely would recommend both those movies to people if you get a chance to see them. But I think if you went in expecting traditional horror, not that everything on my list is fully traditional horror, but there are enough outside the genre that I think it would be almost misleading to include them, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So, uh, it, you know, I, I'm going to recommend those, but they, they aren't fully uh, in the running, so to speak. Okay. But also they're, also, they're not out yet. So, you know, I'm kind of recommending something you can't see yet. You know? Yeah, what the fuck, Liam? What are you doing? You're getting the people's hopes up. I also was watching earlier today a movie from China called Limbo that I fully know is not available anywhere. I only have a copy because of a friend of the show, Matt McCracken, sent it to me from China. So, uh, or I guess he's in England right now studying, but he used to live in China. Uh, he sent me a copy to watch, but it's like not available anywhere. So I didn't think of including it for this list. I also haven't finished it, but I, I didn't try to get it done in time for this episode because I'm like, no one can see this movie yet. So I'm not really doing it any favors if I'm like see it because people will forget by the time it's available you know also also you're a man of the people you're no elitist asshole I appreciate that about you yeah I appreciate you saying that I don't I guess that's true I definitely I'm not against including movies I saw but if it's like not even close to being released yet like like I wouldn't I didn't see it but I wouldn't necessarily include like Hellbender because that's like not out yet or I guess it's coming out soon though but like Strawberry Mansion doesn't even have a release date yet. So like if I hype that up, it, no one's going to see it for months. So it's it just seems like a waste, you know? Yeah. Hellbender is going to get an honorable mention for me because I thought that movie was fucking dope. I didn't get a chance to see it. The trailer looks amazing, but the trailer just came out today, I think. It literally so. came out today. Yeah. All right. So, Liam. Mm-hmm. What was what was your what was your number ten movie of twenty twenty one? Oh, I didn't actually. Let me let me jump into some of my other honorable oh. mentions. Let, let's both do our honorable mentions first, and then we'll do the ten list because I, I okay. just want to get those um, out of the way. Uh, I guess you know I'm just gonna put my honorable mentions up on Instagram. Okay. Um, uh, I just want to mention I'll, mine really quick because there's one I wanted to talk to you about. So, uh, j- just really quick, uh, the Fear Street trilogy, which I'm just counting as one long thing because I think it works together as all three movies. I think individually the movies weren't that great for me, but as like a whole, I kind of like the whole narrative of it. Um, I really like Jacob's Wife. I think that's worth people okay. checking out if they haven't. Um, that movie Son I thought was surprisingly good, and I that, would recommend yes, it to people. We, we will uh, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, 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 I said already come true. Um, uh, the censor. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I didn't love the ending, but I think the rest of the movie is good enough worth that it's worth checking out. Uh, a movie I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. I think it technically came out this year, but it had a festival run in 2020. So maybe it just didn't get the push after the festival run. But a movie called The Strings. Uh, yes, yes. Super indie, haunting, weird thing. I, I loved it. It didn't make it onto my list just because my list is pretty packed, uh, but it, it was really good. It definitely would be on a top 20. Um, also would be on a top 20, but didn't make it onto my 10. Uh, Malignant, 
Uh, I loved Malignant. Yeah, fair enough. 100% on into Malignant. It, it's not on my list. I didn't want anyone to think I left it off the list because I didn't like it. I love it. It's just like I didn't have room at 10. And then this last one I wanted to specifically bring, uh, bring up because I know you fucking hated this movie. And oh I God. don't know why because we didn't talk about it on the show. And that is The Medium. Oh, my God. Why did you hate this movie so much? Tell me about it. Because it was just every stupid fucking found footage trope. Like, I really liked the beginning. Like, I, I, I think that's why I was so disappointed is because, like, the beginning really, like, it haunted me. Like, I thought that was such an effective beginning. But then, like, once they actually got down to the exorcism, it just became every stupid trope in a horror movie found footage or otherwise, like the crackly bones, the new metal head tilt, the poor, like all this shit. And I was just like, this is fucking stupid. Like I just, I just, it just took me completely out of it. Hmm. I, I, I'll be honest. I did notice some of that and I didn't necessarily love it. The thing about it I liked is a, I, I very much liked that it was, um, an exorcism movie fully within its own context that was not interested in like assuaging Western audiences, you know, like yeah, yeah. M- most Western horror fans are, are not thinking like exorcism movie. I can't wait for all the egg work. Can't wait to see all the egg work in the movie. But this movie's like, well, no, there's eggs. There's a lot of eggs going on. We have, we tell the fortunes through the eggs. So many eggs are cracked in this movie in order to figure out what's going on. And often to the frustration of the people cracking the eggs because there's no answers to be found. Um, and I also like that, that the there was a lot of amb- uh, ambiguity throughout the film. Um, I, I will say at one point during the climax, I think the ambiguity gets pushed a little too far to where it gets to be maybe a little confusing. But but overall, I really appreciated the ambiguity of it. I really appreciated the different setting of it. I think all the things that I also didn't like that I think you didn't like either, I just wrote them off to symptoms of modern horror and forgave them because it didn't bum me out. I still liked the originality of the story. I thought for – I actually found it more consistent than a lot of found footage movies uh, in what it was doing. Now, granted – it's because it's a documentary, so it's like not really found footage in the way that a lot of things are found footage. Uh, yeah. But it still worked for me. Um, the o- the only other thing I'll say that I didn't love is uh, that towards the end, the people who are possessed end up sort of playing like uh, zombies a little bit, you know? Um, Some of them seem to have been taken over by animal spirits, and that I love because that's a theme, especially in Thai film, but in some other uh, Southeast Asian film, is animal spirits and the presence of animal spirits. And I really appreciate that, that when they looked more like a tiger or something, that was cool. But some of them just felt like zombies or something, and I thought that was a little cheap. But uh, overall, I really liked it, and I was really surprised because I definitely put it on thinking like, oh, man, this is going to suck. Justin thought this movie was bullshit, and maybe that prepped me to be more sensitive to it or something. But I I, I didn't make my top ten necessarily, but I, I actually enjoyed it. So I, I would say the people listening who are – less um, picky about some of these tropes that have become kind of, uh, I'll give it, Justin's totally right, they have become a bit ridiculous how often movies rely on these things. If that doesn't bother you, then you might like this movie a lot. If it does bother you, then yeah, this movie does have the head tilt, it does have some of the rickety bone stuff, like, it's there, it's just, it just didn't, it didn't completely ruin the movie for me. Hmm. Or I'm wrong and Justin's right and I'm an asshole. That's what, what you're trying to say. If you have bad taste in film, you'll like stop. This movie. Stop. I'm kidding. Uh, it's their own. All right. You let's, know, you know. Yeah. Let's jump right, into the you list. Dive in, 
Let's do it. What's your number 10? Go. So my number 10 is a film that I saw a lot of people talking about. A friend of mine even did the art for the Blu-ray release, but I only recently got to check out this Uruguayan film um, oh. that owes, that owes I would say, a ton to Italy, and that is The Last Matinee, a, uh, a uh, nod to Giallo's past, but with the violence level of a modern horror film. Uh, it is... I wouldn't say it's the smartest film I saw uh, uh, last year, but it is very fun. It is very compelling. Uh, it has very solid build of tension and scares, uh, and it manages to take a very sort of classic style, like I said, of a of more of a giallo uh, film, and then inject some of the more insane gore I've seen in a long time. Just next level modern gore decisions that like don't take me out of the movie at all. They actually really work with what's going on. So uh yeah, it's it's not the most intellectual film, but I really thought it was really compelling and super well executed. The last matinee from Uruguay. Interesting. Let me write that down. And where is that available for streaming if it is available? It is available. Um, I think I saw it on Shudder, but if not on Shudder, I know it's on Amazon. Awesome. Because now I kind of want to see it. I I was I was inclined to see it anyway because the Blu-ray was put out by the the partner label of Vinegar Syndrome, and all the art for the Blu-ray was done by uh, Justin Miller. If people know I, who I do Rough Cut with, so I was already wanting to see it, but then I was surprised by how much I really liked it. I like that. My number 10 was a little film called The Swarm. It's Oh, a, I didn't see this. Wow. I, I should have known you were going to pull something out that I hadn't even seen. Tell me about this movie. I think it's French. Um, it's about a woman who is down on her luck, and she decides as she's raising grasshoppers um, as, like, like she, she, she tries to do a thing where, like, she's going to raise grasshoppers – as like a, as as a cheap food source, like she thinks there's this wave that she's riding, um, where she's going to make a ton of money on grasshoppers as a cash crop, and she finds out that the grasshoppers love blood, and you can see where this is going. She can't contain them. The swarm. Now that in of itself, it could just be like, you could just be like, oh, they're fucking man eating grasshoppers. Ah, here they go. What it actually is. It's like, um, it's mostly this woman trying to keep her life together mm. while having to deal with this swarm of grasshoppers she keeps in a tent from breaking out and murdering everyone. Um, it's a very, for a movie with that symbol of a premise, it's a very slow burn movie. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, obviously, once fucking people and animals start disappearing, the lawman comes sniffing around. So there's a lot of tension there. Um, it's almost like a morality and under duress story, if that makes any sense. Sure. Like it could have very easily just rested on the laurels of like, let's show a grasshopper eat a guy alive. That wouldn't that be cool? They don't show that. Um, so it's a movie that takes a premise that is admittedly ridiculous, but has potential for being a very good horror premise and instead tells a story about someone falling apart at the seams already and trying to keep it together 
in the face of a giant swarm of blood-drinking, man-eating grasshoppers. I mean, they're not giant. Their swarm is huge. It's fucking massive. Um, so yeah, that that I think that that's on Netflix. Mm. Yeah, that's on Netflix. Mm. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, the soundtrack unfortunately is not by the band The Swarm, which sucks. But you know, you, that's you, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, my number nine. We can spend two seconds on because we've already talked about it excessively. Um, but for good reason. And that is, uh, it's also, you know, this is the one where people can say that I'm full of shit and that's fine. But, you know, I love my friends and I love when they do good things. And that's why VHS 94 is my number nine. You're full um, of shit. Fuck you. It is. It's just how it is. I, 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 I found myself returning to it. I will say that after multiple watches, the wraparound story still doesn't work for me. Uh, sorry, Josh. Uh, but, uh, all the other pieces I love so much, I just, it brings me joy to watch that movie. So VHS number 94 is my number nine. It's great. Hail Ratma. Uh, number nine for me is a little movie recommended to us by friend of the podcast and fellow Cinepunk, Adriana Gobert. A little movie called The Boy Behind the Door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will talk about this movie as well. I will not reveal where it is on my list, oh. but it is on my list. Uh, oh. What a what a fucking tense movie that somehow found two kid actors that are not only not annoying, but fucking super compelling and endearing, and some of the best performances I saw this year. I can't even look at a still from this movie without my fucking dad panic kicking in and me wanting yep. to just fuck somebody yep. up. This the the, the main kid, the main act of this movie was so convincing. I just wanted to give him a hug. Like I just wanted to be like, you're gonna be okay. Like you're doing the right thing. You're fucking you're you're standing by your homie. That's what you should do. Like, what a movie. What a fucking it just it just I often rank horror films by the emotions they evoke in me. Be they joy, be they despair, be they happiness, be they sadness. This movie made me feel so many emotions. And like, it was just such a sweet movie. Just about like the, you know, to quote quote the great Orange County hardcore band, it was a movie about the bonds of friendship. I, 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 pre- so, talk, talk I appreciate about that. Yeah, Let's I don't, about I don't like Instead, but that's fine. Uh, you're fucking what? How do you not like Instead? It's just not for me, man. What? Are you serious? Yeah, it's it's fine, but it's just not for me. Do you also not like fucking vanilla ice cream? I actually, yeah, I actually don't like vanilla ice cream. That's a good You're point. out of your fucking mind. Uh, why would I eat vanilla ice cream when uh, fucking pistachios right there? <sighs> I'm just saying, man. I, I look, but pistachios has pistachios in it. I know, but do you dislike <laughs> vanilla ice? You actively dislike vanilla ice cream. I don't want it. Oh my god. Anyway, what's your fucking number eight? <laughs> uh, my number eight is a uh, Swedish film that I mm. actually made time for because of your uh, comments on it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be on your list or not, but you it at least had an impact on you. And that is a little film called Knocking. Yes, I like that movie quite a bit. Uh, I I was having trouble, you know, there are a lot of movies, there's a lot of movies on this list that I like quite a bit, especially in my honorable mentions, that I thought deserved respect, but they didn't quite move me. 
um, even though I thought they were great. So like VHS 94 is great, but it doesn't like get under my skin. Knocking doesn't quite get under my skin as much as I want it to, but it's yeah. the it's the first movie on my list that I started to be like, fuck, this kind of fucked me up a teeny bit. Like it, it kind of mm-hmm. got to me a little bit. Uh, I thought it was really well executed. And it's really like my vibe when it comes to horror is weird shit like this, honestly. So um, and I think I have a couple of things on my list this year that qualify as just weird, just strange. Yeah. Uh, and this this is one of those. So, yeah, knocking. Yeah. It's it's it, I I don't know if it'll stand the test of time, but just when I was thinking about the things I saw this year, it was one of the ones where I could actually really remember how I felt during parts of it, which I, yes. I couldn't say that's true for all the movies, horror movies I saw this year. If you're curious about my thought knocking, you can go to cinepunks.com and read the review I wrote for it. Um uh-huh, uh-huh. it it didn't it didn't crack my top 10, but it definitely gets an honorable mention for me because Liam is right. It gets under your fucking skin. What's your number eight? My number eight is a little film called Sun. See, now I checked it out because I saw that you liked it. So I thought I would check it out. And I got to admit, it didn't make it in my top 10. But that is a very good movie. And uh, I think it's new enough. We're not going to spoil anything. But the, the way that it rounds out bumped it up a lot higher for me. So, like, I was into it most of the movie. But I thought the the tenor of the ending made it a much more interesting movie to me overall. I would summon this film up thusly. Uh, the 2006 remake of the Omen is pretty medium rare for me. It's just fine. It's, you know, it's there. Um, except the end when uh, Lee Schreiber is about to kill his son and he's like begging God himself to fucking stop it. And that whole movie is like, for me, is just a lead up to that scene. I think the whole movie as, you know, like I said, middle of the road, medium rare, whatever that it is. I think that's a really compelling performance. And I think that sums up. It's a very human reaction to um, I don't care that my son's the Antichrist. I don't want to kill my child. Right. Yes. If you stretch that performance out and that concept out into 90 minutes, that's son. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, but I also like I, I, I there's certain things I want to say that, about the movie that I can't say without spoiling anything. But I but yeah, I liked the way that it doesn't clarify some of the questions about the nature of what's going on till the very end, uh, that there's yes. d- doubt in your heart the whole time as to what's real and what's not. Yep. Um, and and the way that th- it almost felt like the movie jumped the shark because uh, a certain character wilds out in such a way that I thought, well, now the movie's ruined because how could anything else happening matter? This one event changes the whole nature of the movie. But then part of me was like, well, maybe that didn't happen. Like there's a point where things become so ridiculous that I start to wonder, maybe none of this is real. Like the movie could do that to you, right? Because Mm -hmm. of everything that's going on. And that added a whole other layer of anxiety when I thought the movie had lost all of its tension. I thought it had given the tension away too early in the film. And I was like, oh no, we've, we've already, we've already resolved the question. And then it brought it back. And I thought that was very masterful. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a very good Mm -hmm. movie. You know, it, it, it was, if I was, if I was doing a list of 20, it's probably number 11 on my list. I appreciate that. What's your number seven? I had to go for uh, a movie that qualified not only as uh, one of the better horror movies I saw this year, but also one of the few movies I saw this year that made me laugh, and that is Werewolves Among Us. Uh, Hell 
Yeah. Horror comedy is 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 something that should make sense. It's horror comedy to me is peanut butter and jelly. Only for some reason so many of them still manage to fuck it up even though it naturally goes together. They belong together. It makes sense. And yet only about 50% of them are effective and even the ones that are effective are usually not as good as Werewolves Within. I think or Werewolves Among Us rather. Uh or was it Werewolves no, it's, Within? It's Werewolves it's yeah, Werewolves Within. Within. I don't know why I wrote Werewolves Among Us. That's ridiculous. Uh, the thing about because Werewolves... you're thinking of the classic Warren Zevon song. Sure. Uh, the thing about Werewolves Within that I really was the most compelling for me um, is not just that a lot of the horror works and that it's actually scary, but that it's one of the funnier movies I saw this year. It is fucking hilarious. And I know that's not everyone's style of humor. Some people I definitely read reviews where people didn't find it funny at all. But for me. This was a fucking knee slapper, scream in the air. I fucking love this movie. Oh yeah, it. Uh, um, I've I've talked before about what makes a good horror comedy. Um, I am of the opinion that there are only two films in existence that nail it perfectly. Um, you'll have to go to cinepunks.com and look Justin Lore up for the article I wrote about it. I I just I'm I'm not going to tell you what they are. Go look for yourself. This Justin, I. I Saying it on record right now, speaking of which, I'm going to write an article. Um, as soon as I finish American Vampire, I'm going to write about it. Um, the thing I liked about that was uh, I kind of guessed the identity of the werewolf about halfway through because it's pretty obvious. And then when it's revealed, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I was still like, holy shit. Like, I was still blown away when the, when the werewolf identity is revealed. It's just that good of a, it's just that good of a movie. And it's that fun of a time. It just sucks you in and you're like, no, fuck it. I'm along for the ride, even though I'm 90% sure what's going to happen. This is this is still a blast. Yeah. And just so well executed and well acted. I don't know. It's just really saying it really worked as a movie in a way that not all horror movies do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. My number seven was a film that. Uh, it's. There are some times when I can't recommend a movie to other people, even though I enjoyed it. This is one of those times. Uh, my number seven was a film called Violation. Yeah, I think this was on my list last year. This is one of those ones where the timing, you know, I, it, it would definitely be on my list this year, but I think I talked about it last year. This film is a work of art. It is masterful. It is near perfect in execution, but... It made me so fucking uncomfortable that I wouldn't wish that upon anyone watching to watch this film. Um, uh, trigger warning, it's about sexual assault, so if you're curious, don't be. Um, but holy fuck, what a goddamn nightmare, shit fuck, hell roller coaster ride of an emotion, of, of, of a movie this was, like emotionally. Like it just, it just, it really, it really wrung me out. You know what I mean? Like it really fucking kicked my ass. And uh, I don't know. It, it's just, um, it, it also paradoxically and in, in how v brutal and vicious it was, I think it might be the only movie I've ever seen that deals with sexual assault in a way that isn't in some way like rooted in, the, in, 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 in how it affects a man. I agree. 
You know, like none of it was like there was no male gaze here. There was no like, um, like I've seen a lot of people say like the last house on the left and all these like revenge films is like where a woman is like sexually assaulted when she's like, you know, you know, just taking names the rest of the movie. And people are like, no, that's like a feminist work. That's like that's that's like anti-rape. I'm like, yeah, but they're still depicting rape merely as a vehicle for a woman to to exercise her power. Right. And that's that that's that's not cool at all. And in a lot of those movies, the the rape scenes end up being sexual. It, it it's still the exploitation is part of the narrative, you know. And and I don't yes. think that that invalidates all those movies, but I understand when people are like, oh, it's still gross. It's like, yeah, there's an aspect to it that's still gross. Uh, and this movie isn't that this movie, this movie manages to not only not uh, uh, exploit the assault, it doesn't really exploit the revenge either. No, it's just a simmering nightmare of a film. Yeah, yeah. And I fucking love it. It's really good. All right. What's your number five? five oh, you wait. mean six. Six. Yeah. What's your number six? Uh, Australian film. I think it's Australian. Ooh. Uh, Coming Home in the Dark. Did you see this? I did not. It's on my list. Yo, guys, yo. This is a tense movie. This is one of those. Speaking of uh, like a Last House on the Left sort of vibe, this is one of those people acting out of control and it's there's no safe or easy explanation and you're not sure what's going to happen and you're not sure how it's all going to wrap up and, uh, you know, it is it. It kind of begins in a way that feels random. But then as the movie goes forward, it seems like maybe there's a point. Um, and there's a moment at which you're not sure if the victims of this violence might not be culpable in some ways. But then also, even if they are, that probably doesn't justify the violence you're seeing. It is... It's a fucking experience and just a high tension. Like it's it's another one of these where there's there's not a lot like like of that. Like I wasn't necessarily struggling with any sort of ideas later, but the execution of the tension was so high level that it ended and I still felt kind of ramped up, like kind of on edge. And that made me appreciate the movie even more. So coming home in the dark, it's 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 a. Uh, it is for a movie that is so brutal. It's a lot of people talking in a car together, but uh, but when you see it, you'll understand how all of those moments are as tense as any other. It's a it's a horrifying movie. I can fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, very good, very uh, in my mind, very Australian in its uh, psychological fuckery. You do love Australian horror films. I really do. Yeah. All right, my number six. There's a little film. That I, oh, which fucking festival did I see it at? It's not important. Um, two witches. I not, tried. I tried to check this out in advance of this episode, and it's not available anywhere. Yeah, that's because I have powers, and I'm I'm special. Oh, I know. I know. I'm fucking yeah. Um, no, I just it was just, this was a neat movie. Uh, a very interesting narrative structure. That I'm saying, like, interesting, like, a lot of movies that try to be, like, this nonlinear often just become <laughs> fucking messes. Um, an unconventional story. Uh, a lot of... <sighs> How can I say this? Um, there's something unsettling about 
people making scary faces without the aid of any sort of like CGI or practical effects. Like there's something, and I'm thinking right now about a film like The Exorcism of Emily Rose where Jennifer Carpenter just made like terrifying faces the whole movie. There's something about someone uh, uh, seemingly in the grips of real anger making like a fucking terrifying face. And this movie is so full of that that it just got under my fucking skin. And the performance of the lead actor is so goddamn intense at all times. Even when she's being just like kind of like, you know, not, you know, zero to 60, just being like talking in conversations, you know, having like a regular conversation. She was so intense and so menacing that it really just, uh, it creeped me out is the only way I could put it. And um, there's also a scene that when I first saw it in the trailer, uh, I almost shit my pants. It was so fucking scary. <laughs> so yeah, Two Witches. I don't know when it's going to be available for streaming. I saw it at, I think, I think, I think it was on Nightstream or no, it was on um, the Salem Horror Film Festival. Okay. So uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Two Witches. It's great. It's fucking, if you like, if you like good, weird, like weirdly structured films with just a handful of just genuinely upsetting images, you'll, you'll like this movie. I'm excited to see it. It looks like something I want to check out. Yes. All right. Your number five. What is it? Tell me. Tell me. It is actually a Welsh film. Oh, shit. The Welsh. The Welsh. The Feast. The Feast. Have you seen it? I've heard a lot about it, but no, I haven't seen it. Oh, man. It's really, it's really, really great. It is one of those sort of slow burn nightmare fuel things that's tied very much to like folk horror. It, it has sort of the, the, the backbone, the, the feeding, the feeding ley line, let's say a folk horror, but has a lot of the aesthetics of a more modern, um, upsetting kind of like, uh, bending reality nightmare film. Um, a lot of awkward, tension and silences a lot of people acting in ways that are hard to understand uh moments of body horror and just gross shit uh yeah the feast uh everyone's speaking in welsh so get ready for that uh oh oh stop 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 that's <laughs> I just i'm gonna throw up it's really it was really really good and, and a surprise like it was you know it was on my list of movies to check out but i didn't know what it was gonna be uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised with how uh, unsettling and um, uncompromisingly gross it is at times. So, yeah, the feast. So so many words beginning with two L's. Ugh. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, God. All right. My number five was a movie. Um, I don't know if it counts as horror. No, it does. I'd say it counts as body horror. A little film called Titan. Ha <laughs> ha I hear you on that one. Um, I love this movie so much. Yep. I was in the movie theater just so. I I, I I'm still in awe that a film could have as many 
horrifying moments in it in the same film is just utterly just beautiful uh, examples of just like uh, of, of, of human emotion like the scene where the, the they're having the dance party at the fucking firehouse the, the fire captain mm-hmm. he believes he's dancing with his his his, his son who he, he recently thought until recently thought was dead but now he thinks he has a second chance with his son yeah yeah and they're just having this moment and it's like oh god it just it was just so and then there's other scenes where like people are getting like viciously murdered and there's she has sex with a fucking car so it, it, it just it was not quite emotional whiplash but like i said at the top i'm i'm still amazed that this film could have such moments of just beauty and horror coexisting in the same work of art. It was just uh, magnificent is, 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 is the first well, thing. This is like, you know, this is the director, for those of you who don't know, who did Raw. And I remember a lot of people being confused when we were talking, when Raw came out and people were talking about it and people would say, well, it's kind of a movie about puberty. And people would be like, what do you mean? It's a movie about cannibalism. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but it's but it's also about puberty. You know what I mean? It's not directly. It's not like a, a, an, a, an allegory for puberty. But if you know what you're watching, you know that's part of what's going on here. You know what I mean? In the same way, like, uh, Tatane yeah. seems to be a movie about a lot of different things. Um and it's really up to you to decide which of those, because it's not what it what it never is to me is didactic. You know, it's never a movie that's yeah. like trying to teach its audience anything, but it is a movie in which there's questions around uh, humanity and compassion. There's questions around found family versus the family grew up with. There's this idea of like alienation. You know, to what extent is she made? Uh, inhuman by her experiences. It, to what extent is she working out her trauma on those people around her? And to what extent is she healed by this sort of uh, uncompromising love that she finds in this fireman? You know what I mean? And so, like, it's it's yeah. just a crazy. It's a crazy movie. It pushes a lot of envelopes. It it asks a lot of its audience. But like, that's part of the audacity of it. Uh, I get that there are places where it's pushing the envelope that might be hard for for people and i don't think that's bad yeah. like like if it's hard for you i don't want you to feel bad like oh you're not smart enough or some shit like no 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 but if you can get on board this movie's wavelength i think it's entirely worth it it is a great movie i uh we have yet to reach it but it's on my list there's a few scenes where the envelope falls off the desk on the floor i think you think so well, there's a few scenes there's just a scene. There are a few scenes where the envelope is on the floor. I'm just, I'm, I'm not I'm, complaining. I'm on board the whole time, but I, I understand. Uh, I also want to say, for the record, um, I was appropriately horny at the right times in this movie. <laughs> there was no point where I was horny at the wrong times. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Like, you know, like, and I, I think I also said it like the scene where the dance party and the firefighters and they're all dancing around. And I was like watching this and I was like, this is what it's like to be on drugs. Like I, I wish, let me start that over before I go too far and my edges called in the question. Hypothetically, if I were to ever do drugs, hallucinogen specifically, I feel this would be a great movie to see on a mushroom. Or a fucked up one to see. It could go either way, I think. Either way, either, it wouldn't be boring. No, that's true. 
All right. What's your number four? Uh, continuing the theme of weird. Like there's some of the movies on my list are almost more weird than they are horror. My number four is a uh, A24 film called Lamb. Oh, same, the same. That's my number four as well. Oh, my God. I understand why some people questioned the horrorness of this, uh, but there's a few moments. I won't ruin them for anyone who hasn't gotten a chance to see it yet, but there's a few moments that so clearly push this movie into horror that you just got to live with it. This is a fucking horror movie, period. It is. It's fucked up. It is. It, It has moments of humor, too. But its overall vibe is so unnerving, anxiety-inducing, and I think it involves the question of the other in such a way that this is a horror film. And I loved it. Also as a source of horror, and this kind of ties in with Titan, what, as a grieving parent, are you willing to look past? Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I mean, oh, God, let me be clear. Every moment Ada the Little Lamb is on the screen, I was like, oh, my God. This is the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen. The fucking scene uh, when they find her and Uncle Peter asleep on the couch. Like, I almost started fucking crying. That was... But from very early on, the if you are paying attention to the film, as I'm sure that you were too, the dog is distracted by something the whole movie. Yes. And it, it's no, no. easy to ignore that. But then the movie does something that people kept saying was random. There's a moment towards the end of the film that's a big reveal that all these people were like in their reviews were like, it's so random. It's so unexpected. Not at all like, random. You were not paying fucking attention to that dog because the dog kept telling you what the fuck is over there. What the fuck is the, that? The first fucking scene of the movie tells you how the movie is going to end. If you it, like I remember watching it and being like, oh, that's going to come back somehow. And then when it does, it's like, like, yeah, you, people are like, oh, that was just, the ending was just like out of left field. I was like, it, we, it was. People the child, weren't paying, they weren't paying yeah, attention. That's it. The child, the child with a lamb's head, it, you, you still think that came out of left field? You fucking Neanderthal dumbass. Watch a fucking movie. Pay attention to it. Experience it. Oh my God. I love this movie. It's very good. It's so good. Oh. I just, oh God, Uncle Peter and his new wave band and they're dancing around. I just, this movie, it just, I mean, obviously as a, as a professional uncle, as a, as a celebrated good uncle, this movie, I I just, I just, I talked to my niece. I was like, Briella, I love you so much. I can't take you to see this movie because you're too young to see Lamb, but understand I saw the movie. It made me thank you and gave her a hug. Just what a movie. I love that. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, another thing to critique about. I've seen people say is how the ending was ambiguous. I was like, it's not ambiguous. It's devastating. There's nothing ambiguous about the ending. It sucks. It's <laughs> it, it 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 shit in my mouth emotionally. I agree. I guess that means okay. we can just jump to number three, right? Number three. Number three. Number three is easy for me because it's a movie you already mentioned. It's the boy behind the door. Great film. Excellent. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, I it, it made its way so high up on my list because I realized what a feat it was to carry this movie on the backs of these two child actors. And so that really busted it up high into my ranking. And it was one of the most anxious movies I saw this year. So The Boy Behind the I, Door. I respect that. Let me jot that down. My number three um, was a film that 
when I first saw it, I was like, that's my number one. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I'm going to let this simmer. Let it cook. Let it marinate. And I was like, no, nah, there was a few films above that. I don't know if you would call this a horror movie. It definitely has horror elements. Um, Silent Night. Word. Word. You know, I guess it is a um, horror movie. It didn't It didn't even occur to me to put it on this list. But now that you say it, it is definitely a horror movie. I just wasn't thinking of it that way. Yeah, uh, I watched this movie uh, a few days. I've, I first watched this movie a few weeks ago. I watched it again with my parents a few days after Christmas. And, like, my dad thought he had it figured out. And then you saw it, right, Liam? Yes. So my mom was like, oh, this is it's, it's the, the funny moments. The little kid saying, fuck, it's so funny. When that ending came along, when it, when shit really started to like pop off, both of my parents were aghast. And at the end, they were just like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, this movie is one of the most poorly mismarketed films I have ever seen. Like, I, I, I keep talking about how Pig is like the most mismarketed film I've ever seen. I think Silent Night might be worse than that. Actually, no, no. It's still up there, though. Well, the thing about it is it was marketed in such a way where I still see people complaining that it wasn't funny enough. And I'm like, I don't think being funny was the point, but sure. No. Like, there, there's a few moments that are like sort of like funny inadvertently, mostly because there's this little adorable kid swear. Like, the very fact that this little kid is the only, arguably one of, like, I don't know, two or three characters in the entire film who truly believe that death is coming for them the next day, and everyone else is just, like, they think they're prepared, and he is. The absurdity of this little kid being the most adult one in the room, the most adult in the room, um... That just cracked me up every time. Every time this kid like like had a fit and was like, "You're all fucking crazy. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I'll die on my own terms." Like the the fucking black absurdity of that was just amazing. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know that that ending just really uh, kind of ripped my heart out. Like it it it, it just uh, you know. It wasn't a good time. And I, I, I've i seen people, I'm glad it had a happy ending. I was like, are you out of your mind? Like, did you did you also think that the, I don't know, the Omega Man had a happy ending or a, a happy beginning? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. It's really good. Though. I mean, I think parts of it didn't quite work as well for me as it did for you, but uh, I still think it's definitely something people need to see. Agreed. You're number two. Oh, wow. I can't believe we're already here. Okay. Uh, my number two is a uh, British film by a horror, not just horror, but uh, let's say indie auteur director, uh, Ben Wheatley. Okay. Uh, it's a little movie called In the Earth. Oh, shit. High up for you. Oh, man. I loved this movie. I, I'm already sort of in the pocket for Ben Wheatley. Um, I know some people don't love everything he's done, um, but I'm pretty much a fan of all of his films, I think. Um, you know, uh, pause for a quick check to see if there's anything I hate. No, I think I like all of his movies. I guess I didn't see Rebecca, um, but most of the things I've seen I thought were really great. 
Uh, I just really appreciate him as a director and as a writer. The, you know, this isn't officially part of a trilogy, but it could be seen as part of a trilogy with uh, 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 a field in England and kill list as all being part of his sort of like uh, uh, British folk horror kind of uh, tradition, you know. Uh, but, you know, if, if you could argue, you know, Kill List is like uh, taking a um, taking a, uh, uh, a scary film and revealing it to be folk horror in some ways. Right. And then Field in England is like taking folk horror and then kind of revealing it to be maybe something like psychedelic in some way, you know, uh, yeah. in, in the earth is like taking that that. uh, uh anxiety around health and the pandemic and all that and going even deeper and meta with it. Like, like the folk horror is not the, the superstitions of the local people. The folk horror is that nature itself is aligned against us. That the very, the very root network under the earth is, is trying to destroy us. And uh, it's so fucking good. I I loved it. I thought it was really great. Um, You know, it's, I guess it's like, you know, um, it maybe is a little too on the nose in its uh, pandemic setting, but that didn't bother me at all. Uh, I, I could see why it might bother some people, but for me, I just found it to be very well executed, very uncomfortable, gross when it needed to be, uh, really well acted, and just a total, total trippy movie that got in my head for a while. So, uh, In the Earth, Ben Wheatley, check it out. I can fuck with it. All right, my number two, a little film called Caveat. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see this. Tell me about it. Uh it's available on Shutter. Uh very creepy. <laughs> a handful of uh there's no real jump scares, but like you ever um how can I explain this? Do you ever like see a movie where you're like something's gonna happen and if they do that I don't want to see it or even be alive anymore. And then they do it and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's this movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's weird because like a lot of the marketing revolved around the weird looking stuffed rabbit. And this isn't a spoiler, but please understand that not only is that stuffed rabbit um, not like a bad guy that stuff rabbit is the least scary thing in the movie and it's fucking terrifying to look at sure uh i just you want to talk about like well-executed jump scares there are some like bonnie aarons and maholland drive level executed jump scares in this film wow not just not just like one or two but like a good handful of like oh wow that's gonna keep me up tonight I might just piss in my bed instead of getting up to go to the bathroom because there is something in my hallway waiting to scare me to death because I've already pissed myself and I'll die pissing myself. Oh, man. It's on Shutter. Go check it out. Yeah, I, I wanted to. It's on my list. I just didn't get I basically just ran out of time. But, you know, I watched like a lot of movies before we did this. So. Yes. All right, Liam. The time has come. Well, we don't have to spend a lot of time on my number one because my number one is Tatane. Yes. Yes. 
it, it, it was just one of my favorite movies of the year, period. Like, not just horror movies. It was just... I I love it. I'm gonna go back to it again and again. I think uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get tired of it, but as of right now, th- it still has so much for me to think about that I'm still wanting to to watch it again and really like spend time with it and see. Not that I think I can figure it out or decode it in some sort of intellectual way, but to see what else it draws out of me, what ways it challenges me. I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting film, and I and I really loved it. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when it comes to unpacking things, I think it's a film that you can just enjoy, like, as, like, a raw, unprocessed, unprocessed experience. Right. But it's also a film that you could just, you know, spend hours and hours nitpicking and talking about and, and pulling apart if you so choose to do. But, yeah, no, I, I, I obviously, you know, that movie had a profound effect on me, and I appreciate that it's, that it's your number one. For once, I don't disagree with you when you're number one. Stop. What's your number I'm just, one? My number one is you're going to want to chop my fucking head off and say this. My number one is a little film called Antlers. Get the I'm, fuck I'm out sorry. Of I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew it. I knew it was going to be. I'm I was sorry. like, it's, it's got to be. You I'm sorry. Now I don't, just, I don't even feel bad for bringing up the medium anymore because God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, it, that movie just, just, is there something about that movie just fucking spoke to me? You know, I, look, 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 you know better than, literally better than anyone else, how much I fucking hate. I was going to say, I started to say indigenous people telling stories, but I don't hate indigenous people. Um, you know my, how much I hate my people sayisms. I just despise it. But... This movie, I really think, presented uh, a story about how we should just stay the fuck out of certain places. And by we, I mean white people. Um, And how we upset the balance of everything. And uh, also, it made me feel completely miserable. It evoked such a powerful emotion out of me that I I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't fit it anywhere else on the list. That movie just beat the shit out of me. I mean, I feel like it beat the shit out of me too, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's your number one. And I don't think it's in the spirit of this show for me to lay into your number one and make you feel bad about it. So uh, You've I just. You've already I, done that. You've already laid into this movie. Not not and, on this, but not on this me. episode. So I won't on this, I won't on this no. episode. I'll just suffice I, it to I say. I appreciate that. I was not a fan of the film, but I, you know, I, I, I will say that I had some harsh criticisms for it on a former episode. Episode of this show and I think other shows too uh, but uh, you know I, I don't think any of that came from the idea that it was poorly executed I think a lot of this movie is very well executed and I will say I'm glad it got some shine from you if only for the performances in it I think uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Plemons you know and uh, and uh, what's the name of the female actress in it uh, uh, Carrie Russell yeah I think they both kill it I think their performances are awesome and so i'm glad that it they were that that you were able to give them some shine for that i appreciate that also that little kid little kid is that good little too kid little kid, kid just, is very good oh my god even even veteran character act graham green i i salute him and i thank him for guiding me a white man into his people's 
folklore. I will say, I, I, I will, I will say, he is probably the least offensive magical indigenous person I've seen in a while. Of of the people doing the trope, it was the least, especially because he very much was like, "Oh God, here we go." So my people, <laughs> it's like, yeah. the, it, not just the performance. I think the character itself is like, okay, this is ridiculous, but here we go. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I'm not going to, no, no, I've said my piece. I'm not going to say anything. Yes. No, good. say it, say it. No, I've, I, did, I went on and on about it on another episode, so I'm not going to worry about it now. Oh, right. Whatever. All I'm right. Being, I'm so trying to be gracious. Up, yeah. 2022 is your year of absolution. Yeah. Oh, that's not going to work out. No, it's I've already I've already broken every New Year's resolution I've had. Like that fucking 1230 on January 1st, I was sitting and doing things that I told myself I'd never do again. But we don't have to talk about that on this show or ever <laughs> at all. So uh, what are some movies you're looking forward to in 2022? Oh, I don't know. I'm bad at keeping track of what's coming up. What are some of the things you're looking forward to? Uh, Morbius, you fucking idiot. Nah, fuck no. that. I'm not even interested. No. I am going to go see that movie only because my mom wants to see it. Sure. And, and I just realized she's probably going she's probably going to listen to this episode, so I'm yeah, sorry. I'm I'll see it for you because I love you, but um I am excited about uh, the Jordan Peterson, John, nope. Uh, 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 not Jordan Peterson. That's the weird. Um, Jesus Christ. Whoa. Uh, Jordan Peele. Fuck that. Jordan Peele. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I want Jordan Peterson to walk into tra fucking traffic. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm excited to finally see the movie uh, uh, Hellbender that you got you you have seen. I haven't gotten to see it, so I'm hoping that's going to get wide, and I'm finally going to get to see that because that looks good. And I'll be honest, this is a weird admission for me because I've previously bad talked the the films previous to it, but I'm actually very interested to see the new Scream. Um, I'm kind of surprised at some of the reactions. Yeah, I've, to I've it. been seeing a lot of good so, things. So, so I'm I'm excited to see it, even though I would pay money to never see Scream three or four ever again. <laughs> I I am famously not a fan of the Scream films, but I love how many people I see that I truly care about who are excited about this movie. So I'm thankful for that film for bringing joy into their lives. Word. Um, there's a there's a movie that's gonna be on Shutter. Um. This weekend, the twenty or the seventeenth, Monday, I think, uh, the last thing Mary saw. Uh, that looks very good. It is very good. I can say I saw it. Um, I'm looking forward to the Black Phone, the new Scott Scott Derrickson John. Sure. Um, what else is? I'm not excited at all for the Halloween Ends or Jeepers Creepers, but. There is a new version directed by Gary Dauberman of Salem's Lot coming out, and I'm excited about that in September. Yeah, I'm into that. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, and also, have you heard about this movie, Morbius, that's coming out? Oh, God. Blah, blah. Uh, I will say a movie that I was very excited about last year when we did our end of year list is finally going to be widely available. I think it hasn't really been streaming, but it's coming to Shutter soon, and that's uh, The Deeper I Dig. Uh, I love it. It, I believe has, uh, some of the people who did, who are in Hellbender are in the deeper I dig. So, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the, 
It's the people who did Hellbender, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So check yeah, it so out. A lot of people heard hype about that movie, and then it wasn't really that available. So I'm glad it's going to be available again. Yeah. So that's our best of 2021. Um, you can send all complaints to liamrules at gmail.com. Stop. Um, that's also his Twitter handle. So any complaints you have, don't send to me because my list was flawless. If you hate anything about my list, tell Liam. Yeah, I'm into that. Go ahead. You can hit me up. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Liam will fucking, he'll fight you. He'll do it. He don't care. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So thanks for another year of listening to our nonsense. Um, as always, be sure to check, go to our Patreon and give us money. It's fake. So just, it's not real. You have a ton of it. Just made up. Just give it to us. Patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. We have Valley Apparel Creations and Essex Coffee Roasters. Uh, Aaron, if you perchance hear this, I'm sorry that B-Well canceled, your, canceled their tour, but it was the right thing to do. Given the fact that, you know, <laughs> we can't get our shit together as a country and we are going to be perpetually sick forever. Um, other than that, I guess head to cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like fucking Cinema Smorgasbord, Cinepunks, and Twitch of the Death Nerve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, until next time, here's to 2022. Guys, we're two years out from being the year that fucking Skynet sent a Terminator back in time to try to kill Sarah Connor. Can oh, man. you believe that? Can, no, I'm sorry. Five years out. 2027. My oh, bad. Wow. My mistake. I'm sorry. I'll send you my pinky finger as an apology for that. <laughs> okay, see you later. <laughs> Goodbye! Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! hey.